What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Bleeding BNG. It is episode 18, guys. Today is Thursday, June 24th, so we have reached the dog days of the NFL season. So, like, there isn't too much news regarding the NFL in the whole, and so that means that there isn't too much news regarding the Washington football team as well. But you know us at Bleeding BNG, we're always about keeping the content, keeping you fans in the know, and pushing out everything Washington football team related. So during these dog days, we're going to do some digging. We're going to do some digging and we're going to find something to talk about. But on the brighter side, we're getting closer and closer and closer to the start of the NFL season or to just training camp. Training camp is about four weeks away. It's the end of July. I think the dates are from July 25th to July 30th. And our kickoff against the Los Angeles Chargers is 80 days away. 80 days away. I am so, so excited. So, today, during these dog days of the offseason episodes, we're going to ask you guys as Washington football team, the Washington football team community, are you guys buying the hype? Are you guys finally buying the hype? So, a lot of local reporters, a lot of national pundits, and it's something that I haven't seen before in my 25 years of existence and, you know, my 20 years of actually remembering being a Washington football team fan, but... I've never seen this much hype regarding the Washington football team, guys, and I think that it's rightfully so, but throughout this episode, we've been keeping receipts since our last episode of everything we've been hearing regarding the Washington football team, so we're going to just go over some of these comments and some of these some of these acclaims from these national media pundits and some local media pundits as well regarding our dear Washington football team, because guys, it may be time to finally start buying the hype, and I, I understand guys you know over since the turn of the century you know there hasn't been anything too positive to talk about the Washington football team and it seems like there's a whole bunch of negative news coming out like the negative the positive news the ratio is about 10 negative stories to one one positive season or every three or four bad seasons to one good season that we have but I think that the tide is finally changing and I think that you know the culture that Ron Rivera started to instill when he got hired in January 2020 it's coming to fruition, and a lot of people are starting to notice that. So today's episode, we're asking you as the Washington football team fan, are you guys buying the hype? And we're going to go over some of this hype because, like I said, we've been keeping the receipts. We've been keeping the receipts. So one of the first um, things that I noticed since our last episode is that CBS sports analyst Jared Dublin, um, and I, I actually noticed this, guys, because I don't know if you guys realize it, but I, I haven't really seen too many positive claims from CBS sports since they started regarding the Washington football team. I haven't really seen them talk being talked about a lot. And it's crazy because one of our own was actually on one of their pregame shows before um, last year in London Fletcher, he was on that other pregame show, um, Tops as they called it, um, that aired early Sunday mornings. But, you know, they would never really talk about the Washington football team. But um, this guy, Jared Dublin, who's an analyst for, um, and a writer for CBS Sports, said that Washington has the best defense in the NFL easily. And then he ranked out the top five and some uh, other teams were included, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and names like that. And I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, you know, right there. While I do think that we have the best defense, so seeing that he has other credible teams makes me um, even more um, instilled in his belief that Washington has the best defense. Guys, we got dogs up front. 
We got we got we got dogs in the secondary now with William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, and Benjamin St. Juice. Like I told you guys in the last episode, was balling out in minicamp. Uh, we got we got dogs everywhere on this defense. I see no reason why we can't back up Jared Dublin's claim that we're the best um, defense in the NFL. So moving on next is to my guy Dan Orlovsky. If you guys know Dan, you know Dan can get pretty riled up, and once he's once he's you know passionate about something, his emotion shows. So I noticed his emotion when I was going over some of these receipts and when I was noticing that he was spewing some of these things about the Washington football team and I was like Mr. Orlowski he really believes that about the Washington football team so as I've been saying for a while guys that Mike Greenberg is one of our biggest fans and I don't know when this happened because you know he's a New York based guy you know he did go to Northwestern but Mike and Mike was shot in New York and he, you know he's always been like pro New York sports you know he's always talking about the Yankees and he's been pretty positive towards the Giants as well but since Mid-late season, I don't know if he was one of the early guys buying into the Ron Rivera hype, but if you guys can remember, and if you guys follow my social media, at BleedingBNG on Instagram, at BleedingBNG on Twitter, I played a clip from December. Um, when I when um, when Washington was going on their run towards the playoffs, what Greeny said then, this is December, guys, almost seven months ago. He said that I think that rookie Chase Young is the best player in the NFC East. He said, now, that was, um, you know, with Dak Prescott, withstanding Dak Prescott because he did have an injury. But he was like, Chase, Chase Young is by far and away the best player to uh, in the NFC East. And remember, that was his reasoning why we were actually going to win the division going into the playoffs. And that actually came to fruition. So, Dan Orlovsky on Greeny's show, get up. You know, he was just, you know, singing Greeny's sentiments and agreeing with Greeny when they were talking about the uh, NFC East. And they were asking, which team is the favorite or should be the favorite coming out of the NFC NFC East and Orlovsky said you know Washington they have the best roster he said and then the next rock everybody's talking about these Dallas Cowboys but I think that the Giants have the second best roster but we're not talking about the Giants here he said that Washington has by far and away the best roster and another thing that actually caught my eye in a, in a different segment was that Mr. Orlovsky said that Washington might possibly quite possibly have the fastest offense in the NFL and this kind of blew my mind because if you think we were so you know, devoid of weapons, devoid of weapons last year, relying on Cam Sims. No knock to Cam Sims, but I'm not sure if he's a number two re receiver. Relying on Cam Sims to make big plays late in the year. We, we I, I think JP Finley said we closed training camp with four of our six receivers on the on the roster being undrafted, and we cannot have that. And it's not just the receiver position because, you know, Antonio Gibson was still learning his way as a running back last year. We cut Adrian Peterson. So you were bringing in J.D. McKissick, who was coming off a down year with the Detroit Lions. So we were really devoid of weapons last year. So to hear Mr. Olafley say that we might quite possibly have the fastest offense in the entire NFL, that is crazy to hear. That is that is something like that. That's one that really like made my ears raise. I was watching it. I was eating my cereal in the morning. And I was almost spit my cereal like, whoa. When do we start getting praises of Washington football team community from guys um, on ESPN? Like, this is something that I'm not used to, and it's coming on a consistent basis, guys. But when you think about it, Daniel Rosky has a claim, has a case, you know? I told you guys in the last episode, in the episode where we were bringing in, um, we were talking about Curtis Samuel and Minicamp being used in a plethora of ways. This team has four three-speed guys out the, out the buku, out the, out the arse. 
I'm trying to keep this PG-13, trying to keep this episode PG-13. But this 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 offense is crazy. Like I said, you got Antonio Gibson running a 4-3-9. You got Terry McLaurin running a 4-3-5. You got Curtis McLaurin running faster than that. Then you bring in a guy like like De'Ami Brown, who, yeah, he's a 4-4 guy, but he was the best deep ball threat receiver in, the, in college football last year, Jalen Waddle included. Yeah, I know Jalen Waddle's supposed to be a 4-2 guy, but the numbers don't lie. Deami Brown just finds a way to get behind defenses. And then you add in a guy like Logan Thomas to work the middle. No, he's not a burner, but he's a great athlete. He's a great athlete, if you guys can remember from his quarterback days. He was running, what, he was a 4-6-7 athlete? And that's great for a quarterback who is 6'7", 250 to 60 pounds. Yeah, I, I don't, I, now there are teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. We cannot forget teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. Or, you know, who else? Who are some other fast offenses in the NFL? Like the Seattle Seahawks with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But I don't even know if they got the, the plethora of guys that we can, you know, send you to, to burn you on a deep ball. We can, yeah, like, guys, it's it's a reason. Like, it's a reason why these, these, these pundits are buying into the Washington football team hype. It can be from, you know, we have Antonio Gibson, who's everybody's buying the hype that he might be a 1,000-yard rusher with a 1,500-yard all-purpose season. But he's even a guy that even, even if he doesn't pan out like that at running back this season, he still has that wide receiver background, and I expect him to be, you know, used in the slot and out wide as Scott Turner gets more creative and involved with this offense. And then when Dan Orlovsky also uh, was praising us, he said, you know, we had the best roster in the um, NFC East. And we might make some noise in the playoffs when we get there, because we're getting there, because we're winning the NFC East. And that's coming from a guy from the NFC, um, from ESPN, like I said, who has no real involvement with the Washington football team. So why would he believe the words that he is spewing? So that was from Dan Orlovsky. And then my guy Matt Miller said to put your money on Jamin Davis to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. So the praise keeps on coming, guys. The praise keeps on coming. And it's not just about the team. It's about individual players as well. And and this is something that um, is really is really positive because you know we we used we in the in the mid 2000s up until this point we've been used to idolizing individual players without having a team success like the guys from Miami like Santana Moss Clinton Portis you know Sean Taylor you know but we never had that team success so seeing that we are able to have you know big time big name athletes like my man Chase Young told you in his press conference I've been doing endorsements deals you know but so but they still you know they're positive they're highlighting um, their success which is going to fall in line with the team success as well so like I said Matt Miller said you might as well put your money on Jamin Davis to win defensive rookie of the year him behind those beasts in the defensive line keeping him clean and he compared Jamin Davis to a uh, um uh, more athletic Patrick Willis, which I seen was which I which I thought was pretty crazy because Patrick Willis was a hell of an athlete in himself. Um, and then you know we got guys like J.P. Finley. Yeah, he's a local guy, but he's talking on the radio talking about that Chase Young can be the defense in the defensive player of the year conversation this year. So keep in mind, tie that back to what I was saying about Mike Greenberg thinking that Chase Young is actually the best um, player in the NFC East as a whole. This is crazy to think about, and this is very positive to hear as a Washington football team fan. It's something that I'm not used to. Um, so let's tie it back um, to another guy on um, ESPN's Get Up, and a guy that actually has some involvement and some history with the Washington football team franchise, and that's Lewis Riddick. So you guys um, in the Washington football team, I know some of you guys have wanted Lewis Riddick to be 
um, brought in as a GM. You guys take Lewis Reddick's word for gold. And, you know, I believe a lot of what he says. Um, I still kind of get on him about his Dwayne Haskins take um, that he never really backed off of. But I, I, I really, um, I, I hold Lewis Reddick's word um, very valuable. And he said on two different episodes, also on Get Up, he said that Washington has the best roster 1 through 53 in the NFC East by far. They're ready, they're loaded up and ready to take a shot at the NFC as a whole in the conference. So these are two analysts that are thinking big picture, thinking outside of the NFC East. They're talking about the NFC conference as a whole. So let's think about some of the titans of the conference. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got the Green Bay Packers, if Aaron Rodgers decides to show up. Um, who are the other titans? You know, the Seattle Seahawks, they're pretty consistent. They're pretty battle testing and are somewhat there every year you know you got the los angeles Rams. so you know these teams are thinking these guys are thinking that we can compete with these teams and i think that we can honestly su surpass these teams because like i said uh, outside of the top two there aren't really any stalwarts in the nfc uh and you know we hey this might be our time to sneak up into that stalwart category because we already have the best defense in the nfl many pundits think that i think that if you would question if you would survey what all NFL writers, I think that majority, 85 plus, would say that Washington was is, is holding a top five defense, and they're expecting Washington to have a top five defense this season. It's just it's just what it is at that point. Um, so when we look back at some of the other positives that Lewis Riddick had to say, um, he actually talked about how the Washington football team they have no weaknesses. The only weakness is at the quarterback position, and we don't know. And he didn't necessarily consider it a weakness. It's something that he had a question about. He doesn't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick can be a full-time starter because he never has shown it before. And that is that is you know rightfully so. That's a right belief to have, and I completely understand his belief. But when somebody tells me that. We have the best roster, 1 through 53. I like my chances. I really do. I like my chances. And like I said, these guys are, are saying that we can not only compete in the NFC East, but we can compete in the conference as a whole. And Rich Eisen, who's Mr. NFL Network, who I believe doesn't really pay too much attention to the Washington football team, not because he's not a fan or a super football fan, but he has so many obligations to other franchises and other, not like he has so many things that he has, has on his plate because he is Mr. NFL Network, but he, he completely agreed with Lewis Reddy. He's like, I see, I, I do not see how Washington isn't the clear favorites in the NFC East. And that that is that is very, very pleasing to hear. All right, so I saved one of these for the end. Um, but Chris Sims, actually, um, he's um, with Pro Football Talk. He actually picked us to win the NFC East as well. But yesterday, um, Wednesday, June 23rd, he had picked. Um, he had did, completed his quarterback rankings. And on that list, um, he had did his top 40 quarterback rankings. So that included the 32 starters or projected to be starters, including eight backups as well. He had our quarterback, our beloved quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, ranked number 23. Ranked number 23. So he's in a lower tier of the league um, based off of Mr. Sims's pr projections. And I think that this is the only thing that's hesitating 
um, some other pundits or this being a unanimous clean sweep and everybody believing that the Washington football team is the best team in the NFC East. Because we all have to remember that the quarterback position is the most important position in, in football. So despite how good your 53 is, like while I did say I like my chances, that quarterback can't elevate you from being just a so-so football team to being a great football team. Or if you're holding a great defense, if you have some substantial quarterback play or even marginal quarterback play, that can keep you from competing to the NFC East or competing in the NFC as a whole, like some of these pundits are predicting us as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, but one thing that I did find very, very interesting was on that same pro football talk show that Chris Sims has with Mike Florio who's a noted Washington football team I wouldn't say hater but he's a noted Washington football team antagonist I don't know if he didn't really like the name um, because he has really praised us more than he has in in a decade over the last what two two seasons or last season and leading up into this season but they actually did a draft of the NFC East players now quarterback where Chris Sims actually took Chase Young with the first play, uh, with the first pick in the um, draft. So that means that Chris Sims thinks that Chase Young is the best non-quarterback in the division. And in his explanation, he said even if the quarterbacks were included, I don't know if I wouldn't take Chase Young as the best. So like I told you guys, J.P. Finley was get, saying that Chase Young has a lot of defensive player of the year hype. And these remarks just hold up with that belief that, hey, some national media pundits may believe that as well. Um, I think that Chase Young does have the potential to be a top five defensive player in the NFL. As I told you guys in my last episode where I ranked the top five players on the team. If you haven't checked that one out, please go tap into that one. But going back to what Chris Sims said, um, he said that Chase Young is just, he's a Greek god. of a, He's a physical specimen. And and if you saw if late in the second half of the season where he was actually learning how to play football, he dominated. He dominated. And we also have to keep in mind that Chase in that same press conference when he told y'all I was a superstar, I get endorsements deals, he said that I was playing with a bad hip and a pulled groin all season. He injured his hip in training camp. I remember that. So let's think about the type of season he had last season as a defensive rookie of the year. And let's think about the potential of him entering this season 100% healthy. I see why these defensive player of the year claims, I don't see why they couldn't hold up. Because Chase Young is just that, that type of dog, that type of dude. But the thing that was interesting to me, as I told you guys about Mike Florio, he's not really an avid Washington football team lover. Um, but the thing that was interesting to me is that he picked Terry McLaurin. Our captain, our wide receiver one, Terry McLaurin, with the second pick in the whole NFC East draft with, you know, non-QB, quarterback excluded. So that means that Florio thinks that Terry McLaurin is the best offensive player in the in the NFC East. And I told you guys he was the best offensive player. Uh, uh, he was the best receiver in the NFC East on that PFF ranking episode when they tried to give Amari Cooper, what, 11th and Terry McLaurin 17th? I told y'all that that list was food then, and, and apparently Mike Florio agrees. Shout out to you, Mike Florio, because Terry McLaurin is easily the best receiver in the NFC East. I don't want to hear about no Amari Cooper. I really don't. I really don't. So that's that's just a, a thumbs up to me. I had to toot my own horn really quick because at least one person in the national media agrees with me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I was very interested in that pick, and it was very intriguing. And while I do think that Terry is a top, you know, five offensive player or a top three 
offensive player. I don't know if I would draft him in front of Saquon Barkley just yet. We have to remember, yes, he did come off an injury, but Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. Now, I don't know if they were taking injuries and, you know, career outlook um, in consideration when they were making these draft picks, but they didn't really... Talk about that as a criteria when they were doing it. So if we're going off just talent, well, I would take Chase Young first. Take Juan Barkley would be second because he's just a freak as well. And we know what he has done to us when he is healthy. I, I, I'm at a loss for words just thinking about him running for almost 200 yards What in 2018. That that day still disgusts me. Giants were up, what, 40-0 to zero in the first half? I still have nightmares about that day. I still have nightmares about you, Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry. But, like I said, guys, um, this wasn't going to be a too too long of an episode because we are in the dog days of the offseason. But I just kept some receipts and just jotted some things down from, you know, sitting in my rabbit hole watching Undisputed, First Take, First Things First, FS1, ESPN. I, that, that was the trend that I noticed over the course of the last two weeks is that these guys are buying into the Washington football team hype. They really are. So I want you guys to tell me what were some of your favorite comments and some of your favorite receipts that we kept. I'll give you um, some of mine now. Um, the Dan Orlovsky Washington is quite possibly one of the fastest teams in the NFL. In the entire NFL. That might be my favorite and my hottest take um, of the receipts that we read. Because nobody's really talking about our offense. They're talking about our quarterback and what... He might not be able to do or if he can last an entire season. But they're not talking about the weapons that we already had in Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. And they're not talking about the weapon that we brought in, the ultimate weapon, the ultimate Swiss Army knife in Curtis Samuel. And then thinking about a dog like De'Ami Brown, who I expect to produce for a third-round rookie receiver and be big time. That that might possibly be my favorite take. And, and that was the one that was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm so ready for this season. And so, 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 if you're ready for the season just as much as I am, please, please, please keep tuned into Bleeding BNG because we're giving you everything Washington football team related. We're the most consistent social media page out there. We're giving you insight. We're giving you breakdown. We're giving you pod podcast episodes. All the content that you can think of, we're giving it to you. So please tap into our social media pages as I mentioned before. Our Instagram is at BleedingBNG. I'll have the tag for my YouTube fam watching this on video. And that's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. And then our Twitter is a tad bit different. Our Twitter is at BleedingBNG. But the spelling is B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So it's only one G in our Twitter handle. Please remember that. But like I said, for my YouTube fam, I will place the tags here. And then if you're watching us on YouTube, please, please subscribe. It will be greatly appreciated. Please leave a comment. Please like because all of your interaction is very much appreciated because that keeps us knowing what we need to push out, what you guys don't know about, what we need to inform you guys about over at Bleeding BNG. Because I, like I told you guys, you need to use us as your 24-7 Washington football team content hub. I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. We're making it through the dog days of the summer, guys. Peace.